Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on June the 28th, 2022. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, with his uh, face protection on. Caffeine. Oh, sorry. Caffeine <laughs> Right. Right. On today's show, we will be going over the June Game Club, which is Heartspray Shipbreaker. We will reveal the July Game Club. Then we'll be catching up on some Community Corner stuff. Skyrim Grandma would love Bethesda to release Elder Scrolls 6 before she dies. Ted Cruz claims to be the world's most annoying type of gamer, weighs in on loot boxes, and Diablo Immortal could run your wallet way more than you thought. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. We live! Well, me it was never a question. You, on the other hand. Yeah. So, so, it's been a couple of weeks. One was my fault. Okay, well, technically not, but... And one was your fault. And it is mm-hmm. still your fault. So... Yep. And I sound last, rough. Yeah, week before last, Tuesday morning, connection goes down. Uh, this was the 14th of June. Uh, connection goes down. Okay, well... Uh, my internet provider mentioned that there would be uh, work going on, on and off. So, noon rolls around. Connection's been down for like four hours. Lovely, right? Yep. Uh, then get uh, a notification from the ISP saying, uh, it's going to be a while. Because uh, the day before, there had been a pretty massive storm. And... It knocked, uh, uh, well, have you ever, you've heard the road, uh, the term country roads, of course, right? Yes. Uh, well, well, it doesn't refer to the idea of rural roads. It refers to the idea that the roads are so bad in West Virginia, they're practically made of dirt. Uh, there's been a tree that's been kind of the two and a half years that I've lived here. Yeah. And the storm finally knocked it over. All right. They had to know about this tree. They've worked in the area beforehand, right? Yeah. But, uh, the, yeah, uh, state just can't afford a gas tax holiday because it would just ruin the, uh, the, uh, uh, money that they have for patch jobs in this state. Right? With, uh, you know, huge air quotes, wink, nudge, sarcasm. Yeah, I'm not being sarcastic or, uh, uh, petty at all uh, on politics this week. There's no reason to be uh, pissy about politics this week. Absolutely nothing bad happened in this country. Nobody lost any rights. Nobody was injured or died. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah uh, it's not like the highest court in the land overturned uh, two uh, landmark uh, cases where, you know, and uh, made things worse in this country. Right? It's not like Amer- America is... I almost said becoming, but that's not true. It's been that way for a while. An authoritarian shithole. And slipping into uh, more of a theocracy with the whole uh, uh, football coach uh, case. Right. Uh, but uh, but we digress, right? Absolutely. Oh. No, we'll get more political later on. Possibly. 
So And then for my part, last week, I just Well well I was even I wasn't even done yet. Oh, alright. Carry on. Uh so tree goes down, uh knocks out power for a, a while. It actually took out two utility poles on the process. Uh, well, I, I should say power flickered here for a bit, but uh, it, yeah, it remained. Uh, or uh, uh, it went out for about an hour and then came back up. And uh, yeah, no internet, no anything else, no cable at all. Uh, Adia's mom was uh, annoyed because uh, yeah, no uh, TV, so right. Uh, found out, knocked out a couple utility poles, so I was without internet for a couple of days. And that was fun. <laughs> Luckily, you know, I had decent cell phone service this time around, because last time that happened, cell phone tower also lost power. Right. But that's why we didn't record on the 14th, and then the 21st, uh, your body decided to fall apart. Yeah, Again. I just didn't... I just didn't feel good last week. It's very hard to explain. Um, I've been to the doctor twice now, and I, as best as we can figure, it's that telltale, nebulous, like, long COVID stuff. I'm making over-exaggerated, like, motions with my arms. I don't know why. Um, Are you Italian? But it's, yes, I am now. But it's, uh, the, you know, fatigue... Weakness, cough, um, weird aches and pains in places in my body that I can't explain why they would hurt in that Ew. way. Um, so, I didn't work yesterday or today. I'm not working tomorrow. I may work Thursday, and if I don't go want to go to work Friday, I have to go back to the doctor. It's a mess. Also, as you can tell, I sound bad. I had a really bad cough for a few days. That has more or less subsided, but also because I've been sitting at home not talking to anyone. So we'll see if that gets worse throughout our recording. It just, it sucks. It really sucks. On the bright side, I so far haven't experienced any more of that brain fog stuff than I usually do. Because my, my brain has always had issues. People are convinced that I'm somewhat ADHD. And that may be true. I don't know. I've never been tested, but I I very yeah, you consistently get distracted. I I do get distracted, um, but no, I very consistently have these just moments where my brain will just lock up, and it's like, well, I can't think of the word or phrase that I was going to use, so I'm going to stall for a moment before I think uh, of it. While you're blue screen, yes. So uh, that doesn't so appear to be happening anymore. It hasn't impeded my progress to play any games that require thinking and I haven't had any issues doing therapy with people any more issues anyways any any new ones let's say speaking of games we played yeah I suppose that's an accidental natural segue I definitely didn't do that on purpose but uh, I know, we'll take but, it but I'm taking it right so yeah I'm taking it this is, off uh, ramp yes or the on ramp maybe I'm taking this off ramp uh, onto the on ramp Right. And we're just going around in circles now. Right. Absolutely. Anyways, um, yeah, for our June, well, we do, once a month, a game club that guarantees that we play the same game at the same time, although that happens a lot more than it used to. Um, but we, and we, keep saying and we that. talk about it. We do. 
And then we talk about it. And that's what we're doing today. We're talking about it. The game we played for June is Hard Space Shipbreaker after it came to Game Pass, uh, PC Game Pass, uh, a month ago. Uh, maybe six weeks than, ago. It, it was more like two months ago. All right, was, two months ago. I, I was playing it uh, before the, the last Tuesday. It, it came to Game Pass day one uh, on release, so I'm just getting a double check on the release date. Uh, May 24th. Right. And, and we only did a couple uh, picks on our last Tuesday. Pretty much immediately went to... Yeah. And um, uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker is kind of a post... Uh, uh, economic uh, apocalyptic uh, ship junkyard simulator. Yes, that is definitely one way to look at it. <laughs> Another way is a good vibes, relaxing time generator. Yeah, well, it also depends on the uh, mode you select. So, uh, you play as a shipbreaker who is. Uh, in it's Earth orbit, right? Yeah. Uh, they make mention uh, of some other places yeah, in Mars the solar system. And Mars and uh, it sounds like uh, humanity's uh, uh, has some, uh, has uh, colonies all the way out to Jupiter uh, with uh, essentially jump gates, or you know, uh, you know, not faster than light, but yeah, a good portion of uh, speed of light uh, travel. Yeah. Not sure if it's you know like uh, yep. Yeah, Launch windows and you know that, that sort of thing or what, but anyway, uh, basically it's kind of the Earth got used up uh, portion of uh, uh, sci-fi where uh, Earth is pretty much gone to shit. Corporations have eroded human rights. Boy, this seems really familiar somehow. Yes, uh, and uh, you're working as essentially a junkyard shipbreaker to uh, be able to fund going off world for whatever reason. They don't really give a lot of info on your character's backstory. And you're kind of this yeah, blank slate character anyway. But they also, uh, the it, the opening sequence makes it sound like you have a kid that you're trying to support for, for but then you, you it's never mentioned again, which is just Yeah. Right? Yeah. The opening sequence, though, is lovely. Um... Uh, I'm trying to decide where to start talking, or you know what to talk about first. Uh, well, there well, are. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the theme of it because I kind of just uh, when I was originally trying out the game, I skipped past the Eula, <laughs> which I did not. I well, I was well, like, I was going. I read in the just, whole thing. I was just going in to try to yeah see what the game was like. This was before it was chosen for our game club. Uh, but then I went in and read it on a separate save file. It, it you know, it, it's uh, it's basically uh, just horrendous. <laughs> uh, talking about I mean- stripping away essentially all human rights, and and because you're signing up for this uh, program, uh, you are the company's property until they release you, and even then, they're allowed to keep genetic backups, uh, copies of your memory, to essentially make a copy of you later on. Yeah. So, slave labor, baby. Um, no, 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 it's not slave labor. It's indentured servitude. Get it right. 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 Uh, and, and a so, matter of fact, whenever you sign up, you're, you're hit with all these fees, including a $75 fee to show the fees that you're being charged. 
Yes, which is cute and funny, but then it's like, oh god, this is so real. Like, companies <laughs> do this shit. They do as much of this as they can get away with at all times and are constantly pushing the envelope on what they can get away with. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, uh, I said that I saw on Molly and Fury just today that I showed Anita. Uh, someone's Easy Pass in Delaware uh, malfunctioned, and they di- and they skipped accidentally skipped a toll. So the transit authority sent them a bill for the toll. It was a one dollar toll, but then they hit pr- with processing fees and everything else. So for a one dollar toll, it was like sixty bucks. <laughs> Damn. And then they didn't have the audacity to send a uh, a. Uh, uh, pre-posted uh, uh, envelope, so you also have to use a stamp, right? I would have fought it on principle. Like I could, I could afford a weird bullshit sixty-dollar toll, but fuck that, fuck you. I'll I'm pay you the one dollar. Small claims court, absolutely. But anyways, um, for anyone who knows anything about history, the story of this game is a combination of sort of 19th and 20th century um, American union and worker rights stories. Uh, The railroad uh, is probably, or the American railroads and um, who's the the oil guy? The coal towns. Yeah, the old coal towns, but who who was um, Standard Oil, Rockefeller. Yeah. Um, It mirrors a lot of, of Rockefeller's Tactics and, you know, obviously the sci-fi stuff. Not historical, nor is the, um, you know, backup <laughs> lives that you have. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, to their in-game ex- explanation of you being able to respawn as their Everworker program, where essentially your helmet has is constantly backing up your neural pathways and is able to essentially clone you. And every night they do a genetic backup. So, you know. Oh, and it also costs you, you know, several hundred thousand dollars. On top yeah. of the billions that you already owe. Right? Right. Very interesting the way that they do that, though. Like, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show, a podcast I listen to called Science and Futurism. And this was an episode, not Hard Space Shipbreakers, but the idea of companies backing up their workers' minds and then sending them in non-dangerous jobs. And if they died, then you just put their mind in a clone and let them keep going from where they were. Um, he talks on that episode about how inefficient it would be. It would be much better to just send drones. Like, if you're doing something so dangerous that someone could die and you would need to genetically clone them, why not just send a ro- you know a drone or you know a cyborg or something? You know, and if there is a situation that doesn't permit that, then, you know, fair enough, I guess. But I just thought that was interesting. And I don't know if this is me being like, ah, yes, the cruelty is the point. Because the cruelty so often seems to be the point. Oh, especially once you get the new boss in. Yeah. Which we'll get to him. Yeah. Let's let's talk about mechanics, and then we'll talk about the story. Yeah, Yeah, this is where I feel like the game comes up a little short. Uh, don't get no. Don't get me wrong. I, I am going to shit on this game a bit. I do like the game, but I am going to shit on it a bit. Right. The game feels, as is your right. Uh, oh, my right. It's it's also my privilege. 
The game feels unfinished. It has a, a satisfying loop, but damned is there places where it feels... And that's partly due to the fact that they have a spot for a fourth gun, or for a fourth tool, that they never, never unlock. They have icons for hazards that they never use. They have uh, danger rankings that they never uh, use. As a matter of fact, once you get past employee rank 20, you unlock nothing. I, I might be slightly wrong on that, but you have a good eight or nine levels where you are unlocking nothing but just titles. This game feels very, very unfinished mechanically. It is very satisfying to go in and start taking things apart, but it feels like there could be more. Right. And w- thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I didn't uh, didn't want to interrupt you if, if that was all. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. I said, I, I wanted to get this out before you know, we gush all over it, is that it does feel like there should be more. It, there may have been plans for it, and they just yeah, had to push it out of early access. Because it wasn't early access for a long time, and that's one of the complaints, is that early access, there was a lot of changes from the base game. Or uh, to the base game, to uh, the release version. You know, the the last uh, big early access push. Yeah. So that might be part of it, is that, you know, they just ran out of time. And the fact that the, the core loop, once you are introduced to the last hazard is radiation if I recall correctly yeah nothing really changes for a very long time no once you're given the class one reactor nothing changes until you get the class two reactor and they never go past class two and they never go past class two which there's also room for that yeah my Uh, only the, the, the the only thing that really changes up the loop is the haunted ships, which I honestly didn't like because it's basically just tr- uh, you know, toggling on and off uh, different systems until you go in and destroy AI nodes. Yeah. Um, I uh, my only real complaint with the game is the sameness or the sameness of the ships that you take apart. There's some initial variety, um, and you can, you know, if you want to, you can go back to an earlier ship. There's no penalty other than you just don't get as much money and as many, um, you know, basically XP to level up. Uh Um, There's no penalty other than that, so you can go back to earlier ships, but there's still very little variety in each of the ship classes. There's a few design variations that you can tell based on... um, the name of the ship, uh, or the class of the ship, like, what's the, what's the thing I'm looking for? There's, there's, like, special, there's designations for the ships, and so they'll have, like, sort of very, like, 90% the same design with minor changes here or there. Yeah. Um, like, uh, the tankers will have, sometimes they'll be, like, cryogenic stuff, sometimes they'll be fuel. Right. Sometimes they won't even be populated. Yeah. So, and, and there's, I don't, I don't know, how many different ships are there? A dozen something main like designs? Now I need to go find something for that one. But, 
I mean, they're all just very samey. And as you, you know, there's some initial excitement as it's like, ooh, I got a new level. I got some new ships. I can go check them out. But once I realized that it's uh, like, oh, well, there's four primary classes. Okay. So, uh, with uh, variations on each class. There's the Mackerel, the Javelin, the Gecko, and the Atlas. And the last uh, the last ha- uh, hazard level is hazard level 9, which is at rank 20. And oh, Sorry, rank 23 introduces the large refueling Javelin. So there is that. Woo. And that's the last uh, time it introduces anything. Yeah. So... I mean, rank, yeah. So by then, like, and there's still a third, technically there's about a third of the game left, but, the you know, the farther you progress, the longer it takes to get to the next level. Um, So if you, you know, even doing the maximum ship class every time, it's still going to take you longer and longer to progress. So it, it's more than a third of the game. And it, that honestly gets boring. I like the story. Um, you know, it, it's pretty straightforward. We'll get to it in a little bit. The, but I like the story. So that was nice. But the gameplay loop, while satisfying, once that variety wears off and you develop your own rhythm. Now, you and I play differently. So I guess that we can dive into this now. There's four sort of primary modes to play the game. There's, I forget what they're called, but there's... Uh, you know, there's, they, uh, there's open... Uh, 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 shift, uh, close shift, limited respawn, and then essentially Iron Man. Yeah. So, open shift is the most relaxed. Um, there's no shift timer, and you don't have to worry about something else, right? Fuel and error? Uh, is that no, right? No, you have the option to turn it off uh, on uh, air, uh, uh, which... Uh, I turned it off for a while. Sometimes I'll turn it back on, but I, you know, I have plenty of upgrade points just because I could just sit there and, you know, got cut away at my leisure instead of having to be rushed. So gotcha. Right. Yeah. Then there's closed shift, which is what I played on. So you played open shift. I played closed shift. Closed shift is, is the standard. Basically you have 15 minute timers for how long you can be out working on a ship at, at a time. Um, you have limited Which does air. Seem a little weird. Fifteen minutes, right? Yeah, you have uh, limited air and fuel, or, or, or you have no option to turn off the air uh, uh, depletion. You, right, you have it at open shift. You get to have it, uh, or air drain uh, enabled or disabled. Uh, I'm just wanting to clear up on that one. Right. Um, and then you, you know, you have unlimited respawns if you die. Um. And that, I mean, that's, you know, that's it. Um, and then there's, what what'd you say the third one was? Uh, there's limited uh, spawns, uh, which is, uh, sets a hard limit at the number of extras that you have. Yeah, and which then is there's, 30, I believe. Yeah, which I did not die close to 30 times. No, uh, how many did, did you I. die? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe You got any worse ones? <laughs> no. Uh, I have a couple. One, uh, uh, it was on the tutorial ship for the power generator. They really push you to pull that power generator ASAP. Yeah. Uh, but also, 
or at least on mine, it had a class 2 reactor. And I couldn't do the power down on the uh, reactor because of it to pull, be able to safely pull it. Yeah. And it also made it so that I couldn't uh, cycle some of the airlocks or some of the, or, yeah, you know, properly depressurize the ship. So I got the bright idea to just, yeah, you know, uh, close uh, the, or, you know, cut open the door because I, the door was sh- uh, closed shut, uh, you know, closed and wouldn't power. Uh, you know, the ship lost power because the power generator is gone, so I can open the door. I cut open the uh, the door, and the door uh, ran, uh, uh, pressure behind it, smacked it right into my helmet. Nice. And then I had another one where I had a piece of debris that got stuck, and then physics glitched, kind of hit, uh, had it bounce, hit me, and then I kind of, uh, you know, eight ball corner pocket right into the furnace. That one was not my fault. That was the physics glitch. <laughs> I guess, let's see. I had a, a couple that you might think of as, as humorous. Um, I would, before I got a couple of upgrades on my jetpack or on my booster speed to fly around, I would Spider-Man myself with my little grappling hook and reel myself yeah, in. Yeah, you're Spider-Man? Uh, yeah. Was, and, uh, did you get any stickers for it? Yeah, I did. I, um, I think. I don't know. I got a bunch of stickers for stuff, but I, I think I got one for doing that. Which uh, stickers are basically your achievements in game. Yeah. And you, you can, can paste... decorate your tools. Yeah. But anyway, so I was, I was Spider-Manning myself around and um, I uh, Spider-Manned a little too hard bounced off of a ship and got knocked into, not the furnace, but the other one. The the processor? Yeah, the processor. Oh, you got so processed. I, I got processed. Um, uh, at least for me, you know, it was quick, right? Yeah. Then I had, um, the first time that it, it gave you a pressurized ship. And it's like, oh, you have to be careful getting into a pressurized ship. You have to, de- you know, depressurize everything. Yeah, which there's sometimes that you get a pressurized ship that there's no way to safely depressurize that fucker. Yes, and I... Which I'm is annoying. Honest, I'm sure that I screwed something up this first time just because I wasn't 100% sure what I was doing. But I cut open the uh, cockpit glass, mm-hmm. and when I did, a loose object in the cockpit shot out and smacked into my helmet <laughs> and shattered the glass, and I, uh, it, 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 I suffocated. And they... Go hardcore on that. Uh, yeah, you break your helmet, you're going to uh, remember that one. Yeah, because I the, the uh, it's hard to explain. The the game uh, really kind of sells you on that you're uh, there with uh, how they have the helmet bevel like always around the very edge of the screen, and they go really hard on the sound effects, whatever. You suddenly are in the vacuum of space. <laughs> yeah. Although I like, I kind of like, whenever you do get smacked in the head, mm-hmm. um, and you get a radio malfunction. Yeah, you smack you yourself hear, hard enough. <laughs> right. You can hear other music other than the twangy like, guitar one. Yeah, the twangy guitar music, which is on kind of a loop. That if you're on fifteen minute timer, it's okay. But if you're not, uh, you end up turning it off. <laughs> oh no, it's it still gets real old real fast. I turned it way down. 
like just to have a little bit of background. This, this ended up being essentially a, like a video podcast game for me because I'll just because I have a two screen setup. I'd set up uh, something on the secondary screen to just uh, play in the background. As I'm saying here, just you know, carving away at stuff. Yeah, I did that too. But no, the the rest of my deaths were just like, oops, I accidentally was out in the ship for too long and I ran out of air. Or... See, I never uh, actually ran out of air, even when I you know, had the drain going. I did find uh, the oxygen drain uh, very annoying because it was like, uh, five minutes of oxygen for your uh, spacesuit yeah. without any upgrades. I can't remember if it's the first upgrade or the second upgrade, but that gets it up to like eight minutes, which means that on fifteen-minute shifts, you know, you know, you refuel once, or if you get a ship that has oxygen tanks in it, you can just save one of those and and fill up partway through the shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I but yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird. I think the game feels more balanced around the open shift, but the story feels more balanced around the closed shifts. I felt fine with the game being balanced around closed shift. 15 minutes is enough to get all the way up, at least for me, in the way that I did it. 15 minutes was enough to get uh, up to like a class 5 or a class 6 ship in one go. Um, Two, if I was trying to be really careful... Although, let's be real, I was not super careful a lot. Um, I was moderately wasteful. Uh, so, um, uh, see, but I anyways. I full, like, zen mode, and I'd spend, like, an hour on a ship just completely breaking it apart. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of the beauty of uh, the open shift is just, you know, you, you could go at your own pace. Uh, see, with the closed shift, I tried to get my mind set into that, like, you know hitting the grind kind of thing. So it's like I would go as fast as possible and I would abandon a lot of ships after one day or maybe two because you look at it and it's like, well, there's only like a million bucks left worth of stuff to get. So I would be wasting most of this shift. So I'll give that ship up and take a new ship and start on it. So it does change up the 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 gameplay. I mean, I guess, you know, if you're a completionist, you could take the 15 minute shift timer and you know, apply that mindset to it, but uh, it, you they know, had a lot of demolition uh, charges. Yeah, so that's a, okay. Equipment. Let's talk about our equipment. Uh, I think that's the last piece that I can. Well, no, a couple other things, but let, let's talk about equipment since you mentioned demo charges. So your equipment, you get this gun um, that is like a tractor beam. It you can get some lore in game and read up in the, you know, the in game codex about what this is and how the technology works. But it's, you know, uh, sci-fi yeah. particles and things. Uh, think of it as the gravity gun from Half-Life uh, only with a bit of a tractor beam. Uh, somebody yeah. left the gravity gun uh, alone with a tractor beam from Star Trek and they made sweet sweet love. Yes. Um that and a laser cutter are your one-two combo for almost the entire game. Where the laser cutter cuts things, and then the tractor beam, you can use that to um, pull apart the things that you cut, or pull out loose objects, or break objects off of the, the ship, depending on what they are. For example, like seats, or air conditioner uh, vents, or electronics, whatever. Like, stuff that you can recycle for cash. 
and, um, and also you, uh, uh, tether things for bigger chunks. Yes, then you get tethers, um, which pull point A towards point B. So like you just said, pulling and, and, bigger chunks. And there's also a hidden mechanic on them that the longer the tether is, the stronger it's pulling. Yes, uh, I figured that one out pretty quick. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, you know, you're cutting apart ships. Maybe you've got an engine nacelle that's going to go into the furnace. So you could... No, that goes into the barge. You fool. Well, you're right. (laughs) But I just said that as an example. But, you Uh, know... No no wonder you didn't get promoted. (laughs) Okay, Uh, fine. It goes into the... Here I thought it was all the union talk you were doing. But no, it's uh, because you keep uh, chucking the... Because I'm incompetent? Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, keep that incompetence up, you're going to head up to management. Right. But okay, so yes, so I'll I'll replace furnace with barge. So you you know, instead of taking a long time to maybe cut it up into small, although if you cut up an engine, they sell into smaller pieces. You scrap it and then you have to put it in the furnace. But instead of breaking it down into smaller pieces or or taking a long time to you know tractor it down yourself, you just hit it with a tether and then shoot the tether into the recycling barge, and it will pull it down for you. Um, you can do that with, with larger pieces of scrap. It it just moves them around uh, much more efficiently than you can, even with a very upgraded tether, because objects that are bigger than you pull you towards them more than you pull them towards you or wherever you're trying to direct them. So the tethers work really well for that, because sci-fi, space magic... Um, Only goes so far. You, your tractor beam, your laser, laser cutter, and your tether for the first... 11 levels and then you get demo charges um which make things go much faster but tend to be more wasteful and, and they're not you know uh just spherical boom boom uh, things they're, think of them as uh just uh, a shape charged uh that goes along a single well two planes that goes out from it so uh one will go like straight down and the other one goes straight up yeah, and with uh, enough upgrades, well, that, that that is also one thing I wish is that you could toggle upgrades, or have the option to change things uh, mid shift, because uh, the upgrades for the demo charges actually reduces the amount of uh, boom boom power they have, so that you could be more precise with them. But I would have loved an uh, option to, well, I need to uh, cut through this uh, giant. Uh, uh, support for a nacelle, and it's a class three cutting point that has to use a demo charge, which is something else that I found. Uh, if I have upgraded my demo charges, uh, uh, yeah, uh, area of effect uh, too much, I might need two charges for that. And, you know, demo charges can be expensive. Yep, same thing with the tethers, actually. The tethers also cost money to replenish. Yeah, but te- but the tethers are also a lot cheaper. True. And even upgra- well, uh, upgraded, you get 50 tethers at max, but uh, the uh, demo charges, I think you get 20 or 30. And it costs the same to refill them, no matter how many you've used. Because corporations, right? Yep. So, you know, it's... Uh, that's one of the things I wish that you could have toggled. That and also sometimes you might get a upgrade that you might not want. Yeah. 
But that's that's it for your tools. Um, well, the laser cutter also has two modes: a single sort of pinpoint mode that burns away the cut points, and then you can change it to a slicing like a mode. wide slicing mode that can can cut cut points like that, but also can be used to freeform cut um, metal on, as long as your laser cutter. So, yeah, on some things. And so, that's kind of the other thing is that. The game doesn't really tell you what you can slice with that and what, you know, if you hit it with that mode, it's just going to vaporize the entire thing. Yeah. Trial and error. There was much vaporizing that happened with... with Yeah, and sometimes it was even the ship parts. Occasionally. Usually not, though. Um, then you also have your backpack, or not your backpack, your your suit, which has a jetpack, that what the upgrades for that are more fuel and move faster and... Stop better. Uh, and also, uh, well, everything has an upgrade that reduces the amount of wear and tear it uh, takes, which that was also an annoying thing where if something goes beyond 75% uh, yeah, wear remaining or life remaining, essentially, it starts becoming less efficient to use. Like yeah. your, uh, your jetpack suddenly gets a lot slower. Uh, I'm presuming... Uh, the helmet starts yeah, losing oxygen more because of course it would. The cutting beam overheats faster. Yeah. Um, And those also cost money. You get a whole bunch of repair kits at the start, but the bigger ships are much less likely to have things in them like that. Um, most ships have oxygen and, and things that will spawn in them. Not always, but uh, lots of times a, they maybe will. Maybe a data... Uh, a thing which is uh, you know, your in-game lore. Yeah, the small ships. Fun. Yeah, the small ships are very likely to have other stuff spawn in them, though, um, like repair kits for your tools or health packs for you. So a lot of times, if my one of my repair kits would get low, then I would load up an earlier class of ship instead of just buying them because. Well, get them for free there, and then also you still get money and experience for uh, dismantling a, a, a lower class of ship with no penalty other than, you know, it's less than a big ship. Yeah, see, for me, well, oh, you do get repair kits uh, if you get the last, usually one, maybe two uh, milestones, but yeah, for the big ships, ooh, right? Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, so, and even even you know one or two simple mistakes on some of the big ships can be enough because of how much value is tied up in you know perhaps like uh, the reactor core or just a particularly large chunk of hull that can be enough to take you out of that top earning spot. Or uh, that top or if you get tier. very unlucky uh, and uh, you got a ship that you have to do a violent depressurization on. Uh, <laughs> yes, as uh, Lou would say, right? Which we'll get to characters in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the air regulators, the as you described, the air conditioner-looking thingies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, are very prone to uh, destruction on those, and uh, if there's a lot of free-floating stuff inside the ship, it also will allow you know a lot of damage to other things and could also, you know, uh, be a real hassle. And I did have, and I did abandon this uh, shift on one violent decompression. 
I actually, I don't know how, but the core exploded. So, yo, uh, my way of doing violent decompression, if I didn't have a way to do, uh, to set it up inside the ship, or, you know, know, a good way to set up things, I would uh, put charges on the, uh, you know, the bow of the ship, or put them on the inside nose of the ship to blow the, uh, the cut points there. To basically, you know, makes it so that it's not a jet. <laughs> because they do actually do a pretty good job on the physics. And if there's a small hole, it's going to take a lot longer than the, if there's a big hole. Yeah. So I was trying to minimize the amount of thrust. And I don't know how, but on one of the big ships, the uh, core uh, uh, took enough damage that it just exploded. I'm not sure if it got rattled loose, if something hit it, and, you know, the shielding wasn't uh, all the way there because the reactor cores tend to have some sort of, like, radioactive shielding around them, which, that is a really neat effect whenever you're close to the core. You can see the uh, UI kind of just bug out because of all the radiation that you're... You're, you're totally fine getting irradiated, right? Right. Absolutely. You've got spares. Uh, but... Yeah, the entire acid to the ship was just a debris field. <laughs> yeah. And I lost like three milestones on that. Well, this isn't worth cleaning up. Abandoned. <laughs> yeah. I will say that I don't think I would ever play this game on its Iron Man mode. Oh, God. Um, right. Because of the same reason that I don't like to play any game on Iron Man mode. Weird random bullshit that ends your run. Like, uh, I can't... So some of the ships that had the... um engine pods that you have to go inside of um, and stop them from melting down and like flip the switch that would blow them apart into two separate bits. See, I never I had, did any of those uh, because the tutorial uh, I had a bug out where it did story bit over the tutorial bit. So I, I never, So I never bothered because it never told me how to do it. Well, there are some engine pods that you have to dismantle and once you get to sort of a, a key moment in the dismantling, if you want to take it apart for maximum value, you have to go inside the engine pod while it's melting down and pull the emergency sort of coolant pressure release, which blows the pod apart into two separate parts. Um, it's it's very dangerous. I had several of them blow up on me because I was too slow. Um, a couple of times it severely injured me once it killed me the the explosions but one time i went in there to do it perfectly i didn't get damaged at all from the uh, overheating because like it, it catches on fire and starts venting fire and plasma out i took no damage from that i didn't take any damage slamming into the back going too quickly like it was perfect i flipped the lever to pop it apart and there was some kind of physics glitch and i got crushed in the, the engine pod as it separated into two pieces and died. Just random bullshit. And in the Iron Man mode, like, that would have ended my game. And I had that happen a couple other times with, with pieces, like, flying out from somewhere. Um, so airlocks can actually be decompressed twice. Um, once for each door because of, I, I don't know, reasons. And I could do it regularly. So either it's a glitch that happens commonly or just an issue with how they're co- they're coded. Um, 
But the first time it happened, I thought that I had decompressed it, and then I went to cut open the other door, and it decompressed again. Um, so, yeah, I had already decompressed the ship, and the airlock itself was still compressed. So I cut open one door, and, you know, stayed away so that trapped air could flow out. And then I go inside, and I cut open the other door, and it acted as if it needed to decompress again, and I got, like, vented into a, uh, explosively vented into a, uh, wall and smashed my helmet. That time didn't kill me. Um, it almost did, but it did So, yeah, random bullshit, accidental kills, like, I could never play Iron Man mode in this game. <laughs> now, I mean, there were plenty of times I did stupid things that got me killed that totally were my fault. Two or three times. It's like, ah... Yeah, I'll be all right. If this blows up or if this catches on fire, I'll be all right. And then I did the thing and it blew up or it caught on fire and I was not okay. But that's my fault. That's on me. Yeah, I did have a couple weird things where uh, one, uh, a couple times it would be, you know, I didn't realize that, you know, there was something behind uh, a uh, cut point. But then there was uh, a couple others where it was like, the cutting laser went through something that yeah and would catch a uh, fuel line on fire and it was just yeah watching this hip smolder on the inside while I sit there there's nothing I could do for this uh, the I, I, w- I was not trained for the situation right <laughs> yep blood for the blood god I suppose let's go well I guess I'll just sh- you know oh well, it's already on fire here let me just tether it into the uh, furnace <laughs> Right? Yep. Let's go. It, it did feel like there was a few times that there, uh, if uh, you were uh, or even playing on uh, you know, open shift, uh, there was little option on how to finish a ship outside of just, okay, well, time to split the ship into a few sections with the demo charges. Right, especially the big ones. It, feel, it just felt like there was no really organic way to break them down completely. Yeah. And also, I will say that the ships that you get whenever uh, the all the air regulators are uh, offline are annoying. I mean, it's fun to uh, explosively decompress, but at the same time, you know, going in and seeing everything you know, broken, it's just, oh, this is going to be annoying, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, the one other mechanic, uh, did you mess with ghost ships to Yet, no, not too much. A okay. little bit. I only did a couple. So the uh, in this uh, uh, in the game lore, essentially AIs are outlawed because yeah, they kind of try to over. I never actually got the codex to say exactly what happened, but that's kind of the sense I got was that yeah, you know, there was like a a brink of war or yeah, or the corporations were afraid that it would. Replace uh, too many workers, right? It it would cut into profits too much. Yeah. So, uh, there's this like cult that worships AIs, and occasionally you have the option of getting a ship that they uh, uh, towed in from the outskirts of the solar of the inhabited solar system that uh, may be infested with AI nodes. And at first, the ship behaves like normal. And you know what you're getting into. You know, it's not like, oh, surprise, this is a, a, a ghost ship. 
you know, you know you're getting into something whenever you see a scrambled chip and you take it. But, you know, it does present a little bit of a, a break of a bit of monotony. So, whenever you start up the ship, it, you know, it behaves normally. But hidden throughout the ship are Aeon nodes that you have to destroy. Uh, either by, yeah, you know, hitting them with your laser pointer of doom, or just chucking that piece of salvage into the furnace. But it gives no bonus, or, you know, no uh, credit to you for whatever reason, even though you are destroying the Aeon node, right? Yeah. Uh, See, that's expected of being a good human. The company doesn't need to reward you for that. Although, if you destroy the AI node, uh, anything that's attached to regains its value, because, right? Uh, yeah. But once you destroy the, a couple AI nodes, the ship starts to kind of, like, wake up. So, any uh, doors that are still functional will uh, randomly open and close if there's uh, functioning atmospheric uh, you know, regulators, uh, they may repressurize the ship and try to violently decompress you. And it may try to trap you. But the thing is that it's also kind of easy to foil because you know you're getting into a ghost ship. So you can go in and you know uh, forcibly disable all the uh, atmospheric regulators. You could... Uh, cut open all the doors, yeah, and kind of prep it. And it, feel, it feels like that, yeah, the concept is there, but it's not quite fleshed out enough, you know? Yeah. And there's really no uh, uh, pressure for, yeah, I mean, it is a space game. Uh, because, yeah, if you prepped, yeah, you're just going around on the inside of the ship, like, okay, oh, there's one, zzz, there's another one, zzz. And it's, it doesn't even try to, like, melt down the reactor or anything, which would have, you know, or at least the couple I did. I'm not sure if they would have. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it felt like a half-baked concept, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's kind of my, I think that's going to be kind of my my closing thoughts on the entire game is, like, I really like the game, but it feels like there could have been more of everything, really. Yeah. Well, speaking of everything... Let's let's get to the last thing we haven't really talked about so far, which is the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've mentioned the overall themes. Um, this game, if you read the EULA at the start of the game, it basically... and, and Well, if you read the EULA and you care or know anything about workers and, and labor rights and unionization, you can figure out where this game is going in a few minutes. Um Hell, just like, the opening cutscene if you don't read the Eula, right? True. Very true. But, um, you know, it, it lays it all out that, you know, basically you, you will have no rights as a person. you owned by the company. And almost immediately you meet... And I can't remember any of the character names. Almost uh, immediately Lou, you meet... Uh, um, uh, uh, Walker or... Uh, shoot. Now, now I'm playing. I'm I'm bringing up a character list because I really like the characters. What can I say? Here's, uh, here's how I remember them. Uh, Weaver. So here's here's how I remember them. You you tell me their names. You've got the nice boss. Uh, that's Joseph Weaver. Okay. You've got the union lady. Uh, that is Lou. You've got the screw up. That is Kato. You've got the other lady who talks about her kid. 
uh, Dee Dee. You met the shitty boss. Hal. And um, there's the corporate lady. Uh, That's uh, one of the Paulsons. And then there's the uh, AI. Uh, Air quotes. AI. Or uh, not AI. Whatever. When you're rebuilding the ship. Oh, the, just the, uh, the voice, that's just, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, yeah, essentially control. I don't think there's actually ever really a name. I'm, yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's an AI, though. Like, that was the vibes I was getting off of it. Like, I'm not an AI, wink. Like, that's the, the vibe I got from it and that whole sort of interaction and, uh, part of the story. I mean, so, <laughs> nice boss. After you meet him, like, in in my game, like, two weeks after I met him, gives me a ship, like, his old ship, and then you fix it up so that you can one day roam the solar system and do things. Yeah, for whatever reason. I mean, that one was kind of just kind of out of nowhere. It it, it does feel like the story was cut down as well, you know? Uh, Like, there should have been some more interactions with them. So this, I, you thought that this was really poorly paced. I thought that the pacing was fine on the story. Well, because I, th- every t- I think what it is, is that after you hit a certain rank, it, it counts off so many uh, shifts before something happens. And yeah. because I was taking long shifts, you know, I would do several ships and not have something pop up. Yeah. And I would do several shifts, which might be, you know, 45 minutes, an hour of, of real time, and then something would happen, which felt about right. Um, plus, in between, especially in the beginning, you get a lot of emails with information that you can read or not that has to do with the lore and the history of the world even more. And it felt more like founding. it lulled for a long time, more than, yeah, the pacing was bad. Yeah. <laughs> there were lulls though even for me there were definite lulls but it was like good pacing all the way up through act one and then act two had good pacing in the beginning and then a lull and then act three I, I stopped in act three um uh yeah act but- three is uh it's a three act game uh you're you're uh depending on how you are uh with your personal ship you're within like 15 minutes of completing the game Depending on how violent you get. Right. <laughs> I would get extremely violent. I would have no problem with that. Because I, I got to that point, and it's like, okay, I'm yeah, I'm going to take a break. And then I never came back. Um, But, you know, the story is, you, you're working for the company. Um, you get to meet everybody. You get a couple of introductory scenes that serve as, like, major tutorials. There's lots of tutorials as you go. It teaches you new things as you go um, with go-up ship classes, and you'll get tutorials on uh, hazards and reactors and different tools and, you know, etc. Um, but you, you meet everybody, you get some basic information about the world that you're in, and as you progress, you discover that people are trying to start a union, and it's being stamped out by the company, or trying to be stamped out, and you get added to, like, a secret mailing list, which never made sense to me, because if this company is so invested in lording over your every move and, like, controlling everything, why would you be able to access secret email accounts on company computers? Or better yet, why would, uh, yo, 
uh, Lou, uh, uh, invite you to the totally secret, uh, union group when you've been there for like three days, right? Yeah. Didn't know anything about you. I mean, I get it, you know, solidarity and all that, but you don't know this person and this company is extremely hostile towards worker rights. So maybe like feel them out first to see if that's like a Amazon plant. times 10. Yeah. Or, but, or like Amazon times Starbucks times five. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so that's kind of chapter one, the introduction of the story, the introduction to the union, you get your ship and that kind of, it serves as the, um, midpoint for between chapter one or act one and act two. And then act two, there's a new boss that shows up and he's an asshole. Um, very, you know, sort of, yeah, d- damn safety. We have too many safety regulations. Go mm-hmm. quicker. Cut corners. Kind of thing. Um, and that's sort of act two. You, you'd learn about him. You deal with him. He's very mean. And then act three. And also um, dismissive on that. Yeah. And then in act three, you, um, are fighting back to start your union. And you're encouraged to destroy ships instead of actually recovering them well, and then well it's just the one ship and that's uh, I think that's my uh, big beef with the story is that it ties things up too nicely into a bow I didn't realize that it was just one ship I thought it, it was multiple no, no, ships no it's one ship and everything, everything's fixed you, oh. you, you suddenly get your union and you get a, a long uh, cutscene about how Everything's so much better now, and uh, uh, Hal is now working uh, back at his old job, uh, reclamation, or processing, or whatever you know, shithole he crawled his way out of. And it it it, it, it kind of leads to the entire feeling that the game was rushed. You know, you get one time that you uh, go ape shit, and because. Uh, Kato was recording, or uh, Lou or Didi or someone was recording the conversation and leaked it. Suddenly, the general public has a complete 180 on Lynx, the big overlord company, that they have to uh, uh, you know, fix things overnight, essentially. I see. I thought it was multiple ships you no, had to destroy, no, not it's just, just one. The, it's just the one. That's why I was saying that you are very close to the ending. Apparently. I mean, you and you know, you saw how how quickly I went through that story. There is a lot of lore to chew through if you want to read all the codex entries and, like I said, read the EULA and yeah, there's read all also, the emails. There's also data drives that appear randomly, uh, depending on the company that owned the ship pre- previously. There's like different sets of data drives. There's this one uh, hilarious set. Uh, there's one that uh, this guy that was talking about, yeah. His uh, life pertained to be a cook to get off world. And then there's another set from that same company complaining about the guy that pretended to be a cook. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't find that one. Yeah. Let's see, which ones did I get? I got one about. Um... Did you get the floating turd? No, I didn't get the floating turd oh, either. Well, well, was it? A fl- well, it was. Talking about how they were uh, removing all the air filters in E. coli 
from uh, one floating turd could kill us all. And... No, I did not. I didn't get that one. I got one about um, a guy talking to a. He was talking to a new person on the ship about what it feels like to use the jump gates or the rail gates or whatever they're called mm-hmm. for the first time, and how that. Um, you know, this dude's like definitely gonna throw. It's like a hazing thing. He's like, hey, you're definitely gonna vomit everywhere. So you need to make sure to drink this. It'll help make it not so bad. And it's kind of like when people will, um, in the military, whenever they go to do the, uh, like tear gas testing or whatever, will convince new people to like drink milk before. And then, like, it, you know, whatever this gas is, like, it makes you throw up almost guaranteed. So everybody's puking. But yours is worse because they convinced you to drink milk before you went in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's that kind of deal. And then I got one that was just maintenance. There were some guys talking about maintenance reports. And then I got a couple of text ones. Um, so, there, I mean, you know, there's audio ones and there's text ones. And you can read a transcript of the audio ones, at least the ones that I found. Yeah. But they're neat. All the ones that I found were neat. Yeah, I got a couple really funny ones. Uh, and, uh, there's also some that's in sets that kind of encourages you to keep going back to that same class of ship. Yeah. But, you know, uh, there's not a lot of variety in the ships to begin with. So, you know, hitting the same ship over and over again, right? Yeah. Unless you just want to start a shift, uh, fly around with the scanner on, which that's something we didn't talk about was the scanner. I forgot about the scanner. See if there's any uh, pickups uh, for the data drive, then just fly back, right? So the scanner yep. uh, has three modes. Uh, that Essentially, the first one allows you to see the compartments and if they're pressurized, decompressurized, or just, you know, uh, uh, unknown or in the process of changing. You know, like if the ship is uh, getting you know, a hole blown into it, you actually watch the ship decompress. There's a shift. Yeah. There's a systems view where you can see like uh, pipelines from uh, fuel tanks and uh, not pardon uh, coolant lines that sort of thing. And then there's a pickup view where you can see like all the di- individual uh, pieces that you can chuck into the uh, barge. Uh, uh, pickups for your personal ship. Uh, uh, health pickups. Uh, fuel that sort of thing uh and the upgrades for that one essentially extends the range of that uh, makes it so that it takes less damage because of course it does that sort of thing yeah i uh i use the scanner every once in a while but unless i was looking for something specific usually for parts for my own ship i didn't use it very often i probably should have but you know like i said earlier like i was going for speed yeah see uh Whatever, because I was an open shift, uh, first thing I would do would be essentially a flyby of the ship with the scanner on to see, one, if the ship was pressurized, which, once you get in higher levels, it pretty much always is. But also to get a feel for, you know, if the ship is in multiple segments, because some ships have, like, an internal bulkhead with a do- with an additional airlock, which, those could be annoying, because then you have to depressurize them twice. Yep. And then there's some ships that is in multiple parts as well. So, like, uh, especially the tankers. So, there'll be, like, the ass-end cockpit and the nose-end cockpit with all the cargo in between. 
And sometimes that had a, a Balkan in the nose as well. So it's essentially three decompressions. Yes. Or you just blast everything. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Huzzah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I will say that I would have loved a choice on, uh, not just uh, if you could join the Union, but if if there was some sort of, like, additional ending where you could write out your uh, comrades, right? That would be interesting. I mean, I probably wouldn't have took it, but it would have been an interesting thing to have some sort of, what well, one agency on, if you're even part of the Union. Lou, I literally never said anything to you. Why are you sending me this? I just want to get out of my 120-some billion dollar debt. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I had a couple of minor complaints. I I blew past the story talking about it because it was okay, you know. A lot of it wasn't memorable to me. I do think the ending sequence is nice, but it feels like it tied it up too nicely into a... Uh, yeah. Act three, once you get to industrial action, it's pretty much the game's over, or the story's over, I should say. Uh, they do have a kind of, well, one, they have a sequel hook, where, you know, your character goes off and uh, uh, takes the jump gate out to Jupiter, because for reasons, which are remain unclear. I do like that uh, whenever you... Uh, so, this is something that you didn't get to see. Uh, whenever you eventually are able to pay off your debt. So, the end of the story, you know, unions uh, uh, are getting established in all the uh, shipbreaker uh, yards. And they reverse a lot of the charges that they imposed on you at the beginning of the story. So, if you did enough shipbreaking before that point, you actually are in the green instead of the red, which is nice. Uh, but you also have to have your ship complete. So uh, as you uh, do uh, uh, your your shifts, you'll sometimes find free-floating parts that you could grab, or you just grab them from uh, things to just, you know, uh, wreck the value of that, but yeah, have a part that you could use on your ship. If you have both of those complete, uh, you could end your contract... Uh, and have the end game or the uh, the yeah the final sequence, and the final sequence is yeah you know, it uh, destroys your employee card, which is yeah you know, the what you see whenever you boot up the game and, and go into your save file, destroys that, and you have this long sequence where you're you get into the ship, uh, and you have your bunny with you. Remember the bunnies that you find occasionally. Yes. You have to have one. That's your last upgrade for the ship. Oh, I already had one. Yeah. You uh, you take the bunny, you put it on the dashboard, and you go fly off into the, uh, into the unknown. I mean, let's be real here. This is me we're talking about. As soon as I found a bunny that I could keep, I kept it. Oh, I kept all the bunnies. Oh, yeah. No, I did too. But, like, as soon as I found the first one, I was like, oh, that's mine. <laughs> right. Uh... Uh, but they have kind of a sequel hook where afterwards they create a new clone and you're back in the hab. So you're kind of back where you were, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which I know is partly 
to, uh, you know, allow you to continue playing, but at the same time, hmm, right? Yes. Although that's an interesting sci-fi story hook that uh, a couple of, of books that I've read use. Um, one of them is a series of book, books called The Bobaverse, mm-hmm. which sounds really boring, but what it is is it's this guy in, you know, the super sexy sci-fi future who makes clones of himself and sends them out on adventures and every so often they meet back up and talk about their experiences and then uh, remerge their minds and then make new clones to do it again. Mm-hmm. And so and the stories that you read are, you know, the individual adventures that the clones go on. Mm-hmm. And then it's like at the end of the book, they'll come back together. And it's like, so, yeah, that was my story. What was your story? Bob number whatever. And then the <laughs> next book is, you know, Bob whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a good series. Yeah. So, it'll. I fully expect there to be another hard space game. I'm not sure if it's going to be Shipbreaker. Uh, I'd be disappointed if there's not another game in the series. Uh, did you watch uh, Zero Punctuation for this game, by the way? No, I didn't. Okay. Yahtzee actually really liked the game, but he classified this as a dad game. <laughs> Where it's slower paced doing things. And... It's kind of made me realize, oh shit, I like dad games. <laughs> oh, I love dad games. Are you kidding? Well, I love never it. I never really had the classification for it. Especially. Yeah. So, right? That's fair. I've never thought of them as dad games, but I see it. I absolutely get it. But, yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. I didn't shit on it anywhere near where you did, although I didn't feel like you shit on it that much. You had a couple of chief complaints. Um, yeah, I just wish there was more. I mean that's kind of the thing, especially you know, once you see once you've gotten to level twenty and you've seen on the ships, there's really not a lot of reason to continue the story unless you just want to take ships apart. Yeah, and I would have loved to seen them to do something with that fourth hazard. It felt like there could have been a lot more going on with hazards as well. You know, they they made it sound a lot more dangerous than what it was. You know, yeah. Although, to be fair, I never did take an engine apart from the inside because, you know, kind of had the, that might explain why I had some trouble with some engines that needed a little bit of coaxing. Yeah. I mean, that was the only hazard that I had any issues with. I mean, otherwise fire hazards and the electrical hazards, like, I never had problems with. The, the um, only problem I ever had with electrical hazards was my guy hyperventilating because... Something on the other side of a bulkhead ha- had uh, electricity going on. You, you got the tense music, and dude, you're not in danger. It's not even near you. Why are you? Why are you panicking? Yeah, very scary. But yeah, overall, we both liked it. Yeah, um, I would say it's really worth playing on Game Pass. I'm not sure about the thirty-five dollar price tag that they have on this game. I mean, there is a lot of con- uh, okay. There's a lot of play time. But there's not as much content as I think would be, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I get that. Um, And I mean, you know, the the core gameplay loop lasted, uh, for me, 18 hours, 20 hours maybe? Yeah, that's probably too much of a stretch. I I don't know. Somewhere in the ballpark of, of one to two dozen hours. Which is good time, like, don't get me wrong. And if you value your time at, you know, $35... Sound, you know, that sounds like a, you know, a reasonable amount of time, then by all means, go for it, you know? 
but unless there's some DLC, like this is, might sound weird, but unless there's some DLC that really adds something, I don't think there's any replay value to it. You play, enjoy the satisfying mechanics until they're not satisfying anymore, and then you stop playing it. Yeah, which I thought we were going to get a Kyle uh, email on this, uh, thinking about it. I, I had this thought of, oh crap, I didn't check the email before we got started, but I don't see anything. So, um, Kyle, you fucked up. Kyle. Yep. All right, so that although, was our June. Although, why the fuck are we having a... Uh, what, what the hell is this that we're getting? Some sort of pottery thing? Interesting. Wrong kind of pot, Google. Wrong kind. I mean, I did check the email for a couple of weeks because, yeah, we did. Yeah. But yeah, so that was our June game club. Rage, do you want to tell the lovely people what our July game club is going to be? Well, continuing on with our theme of dad games, it seems, uh, we are going to be playing The Hunter Call of the Wild. Indeed. And spoilers, we've already been playing it. We like it. Yeah, I mean, if you're my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage over there, you've seen me playing it a, a fair amount the last couple weeks. Uh, and it is on sale right now as well on a deep discount. I got it actually as a Humble Bundle, so... Alright. Yeah. I did not. I bought the whole thing. I mean, you can play the base game on Game Pass, so you can get, get a, an idea for how the game plays and get the gist of it there. But... Currently, until the sale goes off, you can buy the complete edition for like 40, 45 bucks or something like that, which has all of the DLC. Uh, I don't know. Not the most recent one, I guess. uh, Actually, it does, but it also brought up the price. So the complete collection is now 55 bucks. Right. So you actually got a slightly better deal. I did. I'm missing that one piece of DLC, but as you pointed out to me before we started recording... Um, it, uh, as long as one person has it, everyone else can play it. So you would just have to host for us to use that one, Yeah, that's which is cool. fine. You've hosted both times we've played so far. Well, I was expecting uh, to host and just, you know, you were going to grab a couple of DLCs. Not, okay, I'm going to uh, grab everything. I'm just going to buy the whole thing. Yeah. I also really like it. I just, I haven't played as much as you have. I also bought RimWorld. I've been playing that a lot. Yeah, I look forward to hearing about your event. I look forward to telling you about them. Uh, and then I've uh, already had you on, a few. Uh, some mods. Yeah. I downloaded a mod. Uh, which one? Uh, it's a mod that lets you remove the mountain ceilings. Ah, okay. Uh, I'm not- so far, that's the only thing I've downloaded. I mean... But yeah. Uh, prepare carefully is starting off. It allows you to custom tune... I haven't even been hitting random over and over again. I just take what I've got. But I'll talk about it probably next week, my, I guess you could say, initial thoughts. Because even probably 25 or 30 hours still counts as, like, this is the beginning of my experience. Uh, more like... Yep. Ooh, they've released a lot more on the uh, Vanilla Expanded. Uh, Yes, please. Uh, Vanilla yeah. Expanded is a series of mods by uh, uh, Oscar Poskowski uh, on uh, the Steam Workshop that basically are 
tries to keep the flavor of the base game as much as they can, but expands upon them. So there's additional storytellers, there's expansions on like brewing, cooking, uh, farming, more animals, more animal zones, that sort of thing. Gotcha. But then you get things like, uh, oh, and also more factions as well. But I'm just looking at like Freya Fierce as a a storyteller (laughs) Uh, who believes the best stories are those told of raids and glory. Every year after the first year, at the start of uh, uh, your settlement, you'll be getting uh, increasingly unhappy until you send your colonists out to adventure or a raid. <laughs> Basically forcing you to, uh, to go do more raiding. And I've never, has, I haven't raided anyone yet. I've done plenty of trade caravans. There's ten storytellers with uh, eight of them already released. Cool. But yeah, so I have good news and I have bad news. Uh, let me guess, you're the, dying. The, the good news is that most of me feels okay. The bad news is that I'm really pushing my voice hard right now to sound Just, as loud and good as I do. Oh God, this is as good as you're sounding? This is as good as it gets right now, baby. Do you just want to call it there then and uh, save the absolute shit ton of stories that we have? Yes, I would like to do that. We did co- record get, Game get your, Club for... Get your COVID-riddled ass back to bed. Yeah, whatever's going on with my body. Yeah. Well, I would like to do that, please. Okay, so if you wish to contact us, hint, hint, hint on Game Club... Uh, you do so, vglpodcast at gmail.com. You drop by the Discord, which is over at, uh, well, you can find a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. Or you can tweet us, vglpodcast, on the Twitter. I've been sick and tired <laughs> and broken, but also Jared. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jma4707. You can find me on the occasions when we play uh, at twitch.tv slash runic arts, where I play uh, an angry, hungry, vampire bastard man who eats people. So pretty much uh, you plus vampire. Me plus vampire, yes. Um, And then also you can be my friend on Steam or talk to me on Discord, but you already mentioned those things. So yay me. And I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me over on Twitter occasionally, GameOCR, or you can drop by Steam, Caffeine Rage. And I've already given all our contact stuff, but I'll give it once again, VGLpodcast at gmail.com, VGLpodcast.podbean.com, which has a link to all our stuff, including the Discord, which you can contact us there as well. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this very truncated episode uh, possible we find out more about that over at, Beach, at patreon.com slash podcast our intro and outro music is on the ground by Ken McLeod you can find his work over at incompetech.com and as always as his lovely music starts to roll across whatever this is uh, the washboard of your voice right bye bye now see ya bye bye